All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Positive Friday rolls through. Edmonton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. How are you? Gregor, Connor Halley with you. And shout out to Chris. Chris uh, picked up the uh, the last two grads, the final grads. And so uh, we got them all today. Huge shout out again to, uh, to Chris and to Daryl uh, earlier on. Uh, also to Ricardo. And, uh, and then we had GS Construction sponsored 10 of them. So a uh, huge, huge Positive Friday shout out to them. So uh, that is awesome, awesome stuff. Um, I will say, I don't know if uh, anybody else is watching or not, but is it just me? But the PGA Championship this year on ESPN, it just seems like they're showing way more shots. Like, I'm loving it. It's just like a shot extravaganza. Tons of shots. Uh, Scheffler is now tied. He went back-to-back birdies to uh, tie uh, Corey Connors, but uh, now in a little bit of trouble on 16, so he could be giving one of those birdies uh, right back. Uh, we'll see what happens. But um, it's, uh, you know, it's shaping up for uh, for a good weekend. And uh, Connors just, uh, oof. Now, was that a birdie putt? I think it was a birdie putt. Was it not Cons? No, a bogey. Oh, it was a par putt, yeah. Par putt, so oof. Now he's one back, so yowzer. There you go. Gregor Show, as always, is presented by PlayAlberta.ca. But it's only regulated online gambling website where 100% of the revenue stays right here in the province. Go to PlayAlberta.ca. Hey, 
Hey, guys, everyone points to the fact Dubas didn't have enough playoff success to deserve a job as a GM. Treeland had nine years managing the Flames. They made it to the second round twice and got smoked in five games both times. Nine years is a long, long time to manage a team in the cap air and accomplish next to nothing from Eric. Eric, fair point. All right, fair point. Um, you know, it's hard to win, and it's hard to win consistently. So you know, I think there's some there's some validity to your point for sure. I, again, I don't think Dubas did a horrible job. You look at the, the regular season success, and it's not the GM's fault all the time if some of your best players aren't producing come playoff time. Like, I would say that that's – unless – like, my only concern was he kept running back the same main group all the time, and they weren't improving. So there is some question there. Um, I think he did some good things. I never liked the start of his tenure. To me, that was, again, that's the inexperience. I didn't like the Marner contract. I didn't really love the Matthews contract. And I really didn't like the Tavares sign. I don't think that was what the team needed. You spend that money on defense, who knows where they'd be now. But I, the reason I had mentioned Treatment in Toronto as a possibility is I do believe experience matters and guys get better. Uh, you know, Not always, but usually a second opportunity, you're going to have more experience. I'm sure if, if we put Dubas on the radio right now, he would say I have way more experience today than I did when I started. I'm not going to say make the same mistakes. I don't think Toronto can go in with a rookie GM and have him make some rookie mistakes that are normal. doesn't mean you're a bad GM. It's just normal based on where they're at right now. Like This is a massively important offseason for Toronto. What are they going to do? You can't just go in there and say, you know what, we're just going to stick with our team. I think they got to make some sort of change there. I think in Edmonton, there's some change coming, but it's not going to be major. I think it's going to be, you know, filling out, hey, you know that McDavid and Drysaddle produce, right? You know that. So I don't think you have to worry about your main. Now I know that this year, but Nugent Hopkins to me, I don't ever look for Nugent Hopkins. His point totals were there fine, but he's never been a big productive goal scorer. Last year was decent, 6-16, and 16, no problem. But I'm not expecting Nugent Hopkins to be – he's not a center anymore in my eyes. I think he's a winger. I think it's better just have him as a winger. That's what he is. So, And I think moving forward, the one change I want to see in Edmonton, and that's where I'll get to uh, um, Tell Me I'm Wrong, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your AC unit. Stay cool all summer, legacyheating.ca. Tell me I'm wrong. Next season. Jay Woodcroft, you start the year and you throw away the crutch. The crutch of having games where McDavid and Drysaddle are starting on a line together. I'm not doing it. It's over. I think this team, you got to have faith in your other guys because right now they don't have a second-line center. If you move Drysaddle up, who's your second-line center? Nugent Hopkins is not that guy. So just say, Connor Leon, when you guys are on the power play, unreal. Now, if you want to take a few shifts here and there, or maybe you're down and there's three minutes left, you want to load them up, 100%. I totally get it. I'm not saying you can't ever do it. But I'm saying they need to eliminate the crutch of having McDavid, Drysaddle starting games, regular season, definitely in the playoffs. So I get, you know what, maybe they've been in a funk in the regular season. You want to knock it out, it's 82 games. Okay, I'd probably give you a pass. But I think come playoff time, you can't do it. Crosby and Malkin, they were, when they were in Cups early years, and definitely when they won the Cup in 16-17, they didn't play together anymore. Now, early on they did, but this is, we're now past the time of early on. 
You as a coaching staff need to be confident in the rest of your team, and then you sit down in the summer and say, Ken Holland, I don't want to play those guys together anymore. So let's go out there and get me a guy so I know I'm going to have some options, going to move around, but my top two centers are my top two centers. They're going to play together in the power play. The odd shift when we're trailing late in games, no problem. Right, you pull your goalie, you're loading up a line, no issue. Even if you want to go two or three shifts, I get it. Play the odds. But I'm not starting games that way. Enough's enough. It's too much. It's a crutch. And I need and I believe they've got to be able now to walk and eliminate the crutch. You're entering year seven, year eight, man. You don't need it anymore. Okay, the closest comparison we have in the NHL is Crosby Malkin. You did it early in their career. It worked. You want to but guess what? A lot of time at crunch time, you didn't do it. And so I think that they got to eliminate that. Also, I'm not sticking dry saddle with Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto if he returns. I think it's a low chance, but I'm not doing it. I'm having Hyman on one line, Kane on one line, unless the other winger I get is tenacious and physical. But otherwise, I'm saying, Connor, you get one of those guys. Leon, you get the other one. Nugent Hopkins, whichever uh, center you put him with, I don't care. And then the other winger, and that's how I'm going to line it up. So tell me I'm wrong, Connor Halley. The crotch is done. I've broken it. I'm throwing it away. I cannot, Gregor, and I, I'm glad you kind of put it in there in case of emergency because that's what I thought as well, like fire extinguisher. In case of emergency, when you need to, if you're down a couple goals or the odd shift here and there, you know, 30 seconds left in a period, you get an opportunity to put them out there together, I am all for it. But I, I thought it showed against the Vegas Golden Knights and, you know, even, maybe even to a certain extent in the past in the playoffs as well. You know, if you're able to roll out two straight lines with those two as the anchor and then you've also got a tenacious player like a Hyman or like a... Evander Kane, it just makes it so much tougher for the opposition to play against. And, you know, when that top line would come off in the playoffs, I thought it dropped off. I mean, the other team, the ice would tilt and the Vegas Golden Knights could take over and, you know, have a shift spend in the Oilers defensive end. And then McDavid drives will come out there. They might get a chance or two. And then when they hop off, it happened the exact same way. So, yeah, I, I think the Oilers have to get to a place where they can strongly and confidently roll out you know lines one through three and know that they can win possession and uh, get offensive opportunities so 100 percent, like you say there's going to be times throughout the regular season where you know you can take advantage of those two playing together and and get them out there on the power play of course but it can't be counted on in the playoffs i think at that point the team the competition gets too tough and you need at least one or two strong lines consecutively going back out there and that's the way to do it you have those guys doing each with a separate set of wingers, and I think it would go a long way for this team. Hey, guys, the Oilers need stronger right wingers to be able to break up 27 and nine, 97 and 29. Mm, I, I'm not – do they need one more right winger? Sure. But to me, that's irrelevant. Very few teams – like, look at Vegas, the team that just beat you. Who was on their top line with Marcia So and Jack Eichel? We had him on the show, Brett Howden, really good young player. But he's not a legit guaranteed top six forward. Go look at his numbers. So I, I think even that's a little bit of a crutch. Warren Fogle has lots of numbers that will tell you if you play him with Drysdale McDavid, they have success. So you could have done it. If, you, if, if that was your argument, I would counter and say, well, here's some proof. Look at all the data. When Warren Fogle plays up there, it does quite well. So food for thought. Now, I don't think Fogel is a long-term answer, but here's the great part about complementary forwards. 
They don't have to be the dominant. When you have Drysdale and McDavid, no one's expecting them to be the dominant guy. No one. Now, Hyman's a really good player. Kane's a really good player. But even them, no one expects them to be the dominant guy. So. Hey, Gregor, I'll tell you wrong because the fact when they put them together, we're behind, it seems to work. We come back with them together. That's what it takes to win when you're behind. Then why the hell not do it full-time, Steve? Well, you can't do it full-time, Steve, because we just saw it full-time. Did it work against Vegas? No. So it doesn't always work. And number two, if you don't have a second-line center, all you're doing is putting all your eggs in one basket. You can do it in the regular season at times. Like I said, if you're trailing in a game the last five minutes, sure. I'm talking about starting games that way. There's no need to do it. Because beating up Arizona isn't the same as playing Vegas in the playoffs. And so it gives you a false sense of security. And I just think it's time to uh, to move past it. Hey, guys, what about Connor Brown? He'd be cheap on a one-year contract due to his injury. But would he? I know everybody's saying that. Remember, he signed a one-year deal for $3.6 million. He got injured, yes, but that doesn't get, and yes, he has the potential to, to have bonuses in his contract. It's a, it's a rare one. But if you're Connor Brown, are you just, well, I got injured, so now I'm going to go from 3.6 to 1.5? Why? Why? Like, I, I get the theory, and it benefits Edmonton. But is it is it rationally correct? Like, why is Connor Brown thinking, well, I got to take my salary from 3.6 mil down to 1.5? And if it is bonus-laden contract and it ends up being, let's say, $2 million in bonuses, well, it saves you money now, but it's kicking the can down the road, right? So if you want to sign him, sign him for $2 mil and maybe a, you know, a half a million bonus. I could get on board with that. But I don't want the bonus to be massive because then it's, it's going to carry over, right? And now you're going to have some cap penalties because of it. Now, the orders are going to be able to accrue, well, they're going to hope, I should say. Their plan, when next season begins on day one of the regular season, they want to be under the salary cap, ideally by a million dollars. That's the ideal, perfect, utopian number. Might not happen. But they're not going to have to start an LTIR unless one of their big guys gets injured in training camp or in an off-season training. Because right now, Clefbaum and Smith are off the books. Right, they're they're not going to have to uh, to worry about that. So, Greg, are you saying we give up a Nuge as a center from uh, Yeg Burrito? Well, I don't I don't see where you need him. Ryan McLeod could be your third line center, and I, I don't think I don't think Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a second line center. Me personally, I don't. I think Leon Leon Drysaddle is the Leon Drysaddle is a top five first line center. So if he's on your second line, you easily have the best second line center in the league. And you have the best first-line center in the league. Why wouldn't you do that? Because now you have five-on-five. You have two guys on the ice for over half of the five-on-five minutes every game that the opposition has to be very leery about. Very leery. In the playoffs, you put them together, guess what happens? The other team puts their best defense pair and their best shutdown line and says, you know what? We'll, we'll, We'll roll the dice and take our chances. And if we break even, then we think our other nine nine forwards can outscore theirs. But if you put Drysdale McDavid on separate lines and you have Kane and you have Hyman and you have Nugent Hopkins and you have blank, the other winger, then I think you got two lines and you got a third line that showed, hey, they can contribute. Then you're on to something. I just, I don't see the reason why 
you want to revert to dry settle McDavid so often. I think it's a crutch. And I, and I think that they're good enough. I thought Jay Woodcroft got out coach in game six. I thought he were, you know, getting him away from William Carlson and then not even playing McDavid against Eichel, their hottest line, and then putting Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto with dry settle out there, your two smallest of your top six wingers. I didn't like that idea either. And it cost them. So that's why that's why I wouldn't do it. Quick break. When we come back, Craig Button will join us on uh, the GM search now in Toronto and uh, Calgary. And uh, according to uh, Frank Saravalli, uh, the Flames have had a change of heart, and uh, they will allow Brad Tree Living to uh, interview for uh, other jobs. So, uh, hey, he could be on the uh, interview process for Toronto. We shall see what happens when we return to the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Oh, Brooks Kepka heating up down the stretch. Birdie three of his last four holes to finish at two under. So he's four strokes off the pace heading into the uh, weekend right now. So it's going to be a good one if you're a golf fan for the uh, PGA Championship. Should be a lot of fun. Lots of fun. Let's go around the NHL now. Brought to you by McDonald's. Stop in right now at McDonald's. Guess what? You can try their new fruit splash beverages, strawberry, passion fruit, peach, mango, and lemon. Or you can get a dollar cone right now for only a buck plus tax right now at McDonald's. Craig Button from uh, TSN joins us. And, uh, Craig, of course, the uh, the big story today in the NHL, and uh, we'll get to last night in a second, but uh, today was – the uh, announcement that uh, Kyle Dubas no longer there. Also, uh, I guess uh, Jason Spezza tendered his uh, resignation uh, as well, according to uh, Pierre Lebrun. Uh, we-, we expected change in Toronto. Was this the change you expected? Yep, it certainly was. I think that Kyle Dubas, uh, you know, kind of, uh, I guess what I would say, is, uh, foreshadowed it Monday. And, you know, Brendan went through the entire press conference today outlining you know the, the process they had gone through from last summer and then after they were eliminated Friday talking Kyle reiterating that he wanted to uh, come back even after what he said on Monday and then Brendan didn't say it but kind of intimated that he got blindsided by a, a contract proposal that wasn't along the lines of where they basically gotten if you, if you want my I think that Kyle Dubas tried to leverage at the end Thought he was bulletproof, and he got the proverbial cross check in the teeth from Brendan Shanahan. So, the, what else the could tr- it be? Oh, I'm not sure yeah. if I want to continue. Brendan goes yeah. through it. Brendan's timeline today was very, very insightful and very purposeful. And basically, what he said was, "Kyle, you were the architect of your departure, not me." Yeah, I kind of got that a little bit, too, because he was very open about things. Um, you know, I, I, it was interesting when Shanahan mentioned how, you know, Kyle Dubas had never told him the feelings he expressed to the media about, you know, the pressure and being tired of the job and that he would take a year off if it wasn't that. He had never expressed that to, to Brennan Shanahan because usually, like, I know as coaches, if a coach ever rips a player publicly, he's already ripped them privately, so it's not a surprise to the player. So I you know, I kind of sense that Shanahan was caught a little off guard by that at the time, and that made him change his, his mindset a bit. Well, it certainly put him in a, into a mindset of uh, considering 
you know, where he was at. And Brendan talked about that again today. He talked about, you know, okay, like, you know, we had talked after Friday, Saturday, long talk, told him what he wanted to do. Like he'd been talking to his agent, right? So, you know, you do feel, so, so perhaps Brendan was blindsided Monday with those comments. And then certainly was blindsided Friday on Thursday when the agent came back with a very different uh, contract proposal. So when, when that happens, when somebody is saying to you that I want to stay, I want to stay, when you're going through a contract negotiation with his agent, Brandon talked about staying, you know, keeping away from Kyle because that's what Kyle wanted. And then all of a sudden you get this, like, I, I don't know how you can't be blindsided. And I don't know how you can't think that Kyle was trying to leverage the situation. Well, Brendan looked at it and said, not on my watch. Not on my watch. Brendan's been in the corners. He's been at the front of the net. He's been cross-checked. He's been challenged. He wasn't, he wasn't, going, to, he wasn't going to be beat on this one. I think Kyle made a massive mistake. Not, so, listen, I'm not saying a massive mistake in saying, that, you know, if you don't want to continue on, don't continue on. But you're going to play a leverage game? You're going to play a leverage game? Based on, you know, somebody that said that they wanted to extend you and they were going through a process? Oh, whoa, bad look, bad look. Oh, by the way, Jason Spezza resigned. That's even a bigger loss. <laughs> you think it's a bigger loss? I'm joking totally. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um... Seriously, Jason resigned. For whatever reason he wanted to resign, we all know why he resigned. He resigned because, you know, they didn't keep Kyle, which is great. I, I love Jason Spezza. I, 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 love, I love him as a player and everything. But, like, you know what? He's got a year on the job trying to learn. He, he, he's a neophyte. And he's got lots to learn before he can be considered any type of a loss. So he, he, he feels that this is best for him to move on. That, that, that's fine. It's not a loss. Trust me. You look at that job, you look at the market, there's obviously a lot of pressure, and you just look at where the team is at right now. Like, there's some key decisions that need to be made on, on how they, you know, head into next season. They got a lot of really good pieces in Toronto. I don't think anybody argues on that. It's just which ones fit the puzzle that they want going forward. I, I have to think, Craig, that the, the Maple Leafs have their GM in place no less than two weeks from today. I agree with you, Jason. You know, I you know I was I was watching today. Uh, sorry, I, I I was listening to Ken Holland uh, in his press conference, and he talked about you know job unfinished, trying to push forward, and and I immediately went back to 1996 when Ken was part of the Detroit Red Wings. They had set the record at that time for most wins in a season. They lost in the in the playoffs in, in, in a very heated playoff round versus Colorado Avalanche. They had lost in 95 and four straight in the final to the, uh, to the New Jersey Devils. And I felt that when Kenny was talking the other day about uh, the Edmonton Oilers, that, that he was going back to 1996 in, in, in his mind, but trying to get the team to that level, not, not trying to get them to repeat, trying to get them to the level where they could uh, better their chances to win a Stanley Cup. And, and, and they went through those decisions, including trading for Brendan Shanahan. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs are in exactly the same place. I think they're in a place where they have really good players, a team that's been very, very good in the regular season, nowhere near the success 
of the of the 1995 or 96 uh, teams that lost in the playoffs uh, in Detroit, but in the same exact place. And the next decisions are critically important. I will say this before you ask me. Not a job for the uninitiated. They need an experienced person to come in there because the expectations are high, the team is good, and to try to get those results requires somebody that really understands what those next steps are and can execute them. I don't think anything less than that, to me, is not right. Craig Button joins us on the Sports Leader TSN 1260. Uh, Frank Cervalli reporting today that uh, Calgary has uh, has changed their decision and now that they will allow Brad Treveland to uh, talk to other teams. Obviously, that would be Toronto. Uh, I would assume Treveland would be at the top. But, Craig, I, I sat here today and even yesterday when Dubas spoke and I was going through a list and like, okay, who are the GMs that the you know, guys that they would be looking for. And I'm like, okay, Mark Bergeron was a GM in a hockey hotbed, right? And uh, you know what? Like, a lot, I thought he did some really good moves. You know, he had some decisions he didn't like, but every GM. There's very few GMs where you look and say, oh, wow, everything this guy did was great. Um, you know, Brad Treleman had some success in Calgary, had some tough situations, obviously probably didn't have the, the much success as he'd want on the ice. So who do you see as front runners for this job? Well, I don't know who the front runners are. I'm not an insider. I'm not going to try to be an insider. I, I will tell you who I think the ideal candidate is, George McPhee, the president of the Vegas Golden Knights. George McPhee has worked in the league for a long time. He's had lots of success. You look at what he's done, uh, you know, getting the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, you know, working and saying, hey, listen, you know, it's Kelly McCrimmon's time there. I, I, and and you, not going to be – not going to be intimidated by any challenge or any market. That, that, and I use the word ideal. Now, if you want to go, like, I'll go another place, too, here with another candidate. And I don't know if he's interested. I don't know if, if he did. But, but I have no doubt in his ability. And that would be Bob Gaiman, who was pursued by the Toronto Maple Leafs back in 1997. They never got him. He stayed in Dallas, delivered a Stanley Cup to the Stars. Bob knows. Bob knows. And to me, those two those two people have not only track records, massive credibility. Bob Ganey. Wow. I wasn't expecting that one blast from the past. All right, good. Hmm. Interesting. Um what, now we we saw that you know the NHL the they're they're gonna have a, a meeting with uh Gary Bettman and uh, Joe Quenville. Um, now, Stan Bowman supposedly was interviewed for the Calgary job. So if Stan Bowman's allowed in, is um, where do you stand on, on, on Gary Bettman and Joel Quinville possibly returning to the NHL? Well, when Gary, when, you know, when, when Joel stepped down and Stan, you know, was relieved of his duty to step down, you know, Gary said for them to return to the league, there was going to have to be, uh, and a, a, a conversation, and, and, and he would have to feel satisfied that uh, they were fit, fit to return. I, th- I think there's a different conversation here. It's not about fit to return. It's about do they deserve to return? Have they earned the privilege to return? And and, and I think it's a it, it, it's a big factor. And when we look back at the at the incident in uh, Chicago, and and you know I'm not here to say. You know, responsibility lay here to, to a great extent of lay here. But as it, as it relates specifically to Joel Crandall, Brad Aldrich was the video coach there. 
Now, I can guarantee you this 100%. If somebody came to me and said, my video coach was accused of sexual assault, I believe in hearing both sides of the story. But until both sides of the story are heard, that person would not be anywhere near me. That person would be put on the sidelines, not allowed to, to be in. I don't care if I'm in the Stanley Cup final or Stanley Cup. No way. Joel allowed that. That to me, and then we know what happened after. Brad Aldrich tried to assault another employee right after they won the Stanley Cup. We know what he went and did after the fact. Maybe if Joel would have said right then and there, not happening on my watch, maybe things would have been different. So it's not so much about is he fit to return? Has he earned the privilege to return? Does he deserve the privilege to coach in the National Hockey League? That's the question I think that uh, needs to be asked. I'll tell you where I'm at. I wouldn't grant him the privilege. Uh, that's fair. I, You know what? It's the, the positive review of Aldrich – that, and then he leaves and, you know, gets the job supposedly because of, you know, the, the Blackhawks uh, review. And then he ends up assaulting two minors. That ruins two minors' lives. Uh, 16-year-old boys. So, to me, hey, people make mistakes, but there's different consequences for different mistakes. I, wanna, I think you're talking about the reference letter for Brad Aldrich, right? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so that, that allowed him to get other jobs and, and to abuse other kids. And, and that's why I talk about, you know, there's a difference between being fit to return and, and having the, and earning the privilege to return. I'm with you. Not happening. Not, I, I would not, and hey, Joe Clenwell was a great coach. Nobody's debating whether he said, you lost the privilege in my view. Simple as that. And I would say that right to Joel. I would not hesitate to say that to anybody. You lost the privilege. I agree. I think it's a privilege to, to be in positions like that. Uh, no question about it. Lastly, Craig, uh, the Florida Panthers, Carolina Hurricanes. I got a little stat for you. And uh, I'm not using the longest games in NHL history because they weren't seven-game series. But I went through the, the top 20 other longest games in NHL history that involve seven-game series and basically anywhere from 1939 up until now. And 18 of those, the team who won the long game won the series. The odds do not look great for Carolina after such, you know, like that. It just feels worse than a normal loss. I don't care what anyone says you play that long. The history will tell you it isn't. Um, I thought Florida had more quality chances in that game. And so my question to you is, A, do you think Carolina can come back and win the series? And then, B, would you consider both or either team contemplating a goaltending change just for game two after such a long game one? So let me go to that second question first. I was in Vancouver the night that Dallas and Vancouver played a five overtime early. It ended yeah. early in the fifth overtime, early yeah. in the fifth overtime. Marty Turco and Roberto Luongo were the goaltenders. I remember Kelly Rudy was working in the studio and I remember exchanging notes to him. I said, Kelly, this is fascinating. During the break, both goalies were, le- were, were kneeling down uh, during, during the break, like when the play was at the other end of the rink. And you wouldn't have seen that on the television. And, Kel- and Kelly said to me right away, he said, or sent me back a note right away, he goes, oh, yeah, he goes, your legs are fried at that point. You're, you're, you're just trying to get off your legs because, you, you, you know, you're dehydrated. You stood there for, for seven periods and a little bit, and, and it's a hard recovery. And so your question, I think, is a really, really solid one. I think that, you know, Alex Lyons stepped in and, and, and did really well when, when he was called upon. You know, Andrew Ranta has, has done well when he's been called upon. 
I think it's something that has to be examined and has to definitely be, be, be contemplated by Paul Maurice and by Rod Brindamore. And, and that's just, you know, going back to that, uh, watching that. As for the series, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes have, I, I've done it. You know, the loss of Svechnikov, Pacioretty, I mean, Terravina and Return last night. I kept thinking, they, you know, they were going to, you know, don't, don't underestimate them. They're, 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 they're a good team. The whole is greater than the individual parts. I'm watching the game last night, and, and, and they had that run in the third period. They couldn't, they, they couldn't score at five on five. They, they had two power play goals and couldn't take advantage in overtime. I thought as the game went on, Florida got stronger and stronger and stronger, and Carolina was wilting. I think when you get to this point in the playoffs, it's the team that can stay in the fight longest that ends up winning. I'm putting my chips on Florida, even though yesterday before the game started, I had my chips on Carolina. I'm flipping it. Craig, have yourself an awesome weekend. We'll talk to you next Friday. We will. Great fun weekend, everybody. Be safe and be healthy. Enjoy. It's uh, Craig Button from TSN. George McPhee, interesting name. Hey, he's had a lot of success. You look at uh, his time in the league. So we'll uh, we'll see. I'm going to be fascinated uh, by who Brendan Shanahan. And keep in mind, George McPhee and Brendan Shanahan were in New Jersey together. So food for thought. Take a quick break. We'll come back and I'm to Sports Theater TSN 1260. It's the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Pause of Friday continues on. The Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. You can always get involved. You can text us at 101260. Email us in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Jay Gregor at TSN 1260.ca. It's a great day for an oil change because right now at Jiffy Lube, you get an oil change. Depends on full synthetic oil change. And they'll give you a $20 gift card to, for local businesses for you to go support as well. So Get an oil change, get 20 bucks back. Pretty cool right now at Jiffy Loop. Let's get to uh, five questions brought to you by The Brick, where, uh, hey, the tent sale continues on right now. It's the final weekend, up to 70% off the original price on items in the tent. So don't wait. Get the savings. They won't last this weekend at The Brick. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, Greger, we'll hear from Oilers forward Ryan McLeod in the next hour. Uh, for him to have a successful season next season, what do you need to see from him? You know what? I, th- I think McLeod's progression, you know, he, he's going to be the third-line center. So I, I think I want to see McLeod be giving more you know, tough matchups now and again. And I think that's where he's going to excel at. Um, I, I, the other thing is, um, being a little bit more physical consistently, those are the two areas I'd look at for him. Totally agree. Consistency was the word that came to me. And I mean, still a young player getting more and more action. I think that's going to come as the season progresses. But yeah, I mean, if he could become that shutdown guy on a third line, that'd be fantastic. Question number two for you. In honor of overtime, Last night in Carolina, the classic. Uh, do you have a favorite overtime moment in sports, not just hockey? Um, ooh, gosh, that was a good question. You know what? Well, I really like 
The 2005 Grey Cup, um, <laughs> Jason Tucker catch in overtime. Corner route? Is that yeah. the one? Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, for me, there, there's a couple. I'll go football as well. Uh, the Rose Bowl back. Yeah, I don't know if that actually went to overtime, though. But uh, Chargers and Colts, 2009. It was those those overtime rules people hate. Peyton Manning never got on the field. But Darren Sproles uh, finished it off with a touchdown. And uh, for me, selfishly, had to be my favorite. Final card, question number three for you. How would you grade Kyle Dubas' tenure in Toronto? And who do you think will be their next hire? Oh, gosh. Honestly, I don't know. This is – I I, I want to think it's uh, – Brendan Shannon hadn't even said today he wants someone with experience. So, like, there's there's nobody out there with experience who's just like, oh, my goodness, this is a lock. Right? Like, we look in Calgary, I'm like, I think Craig Conroy is going to be the, the next um, GM in Calgary. That that won't surprise me. Um, yeah, I could say Brad mean, but – I didn't even think of McPhee until Craig brought it up. That That's an interesting name for me. Um, there, like, there's not a lot of experienced GMs available, right? Like, would Brendan Shanahan ask David Poyle to come in as, like, president of hockey, even though that's what Shanahan is, but mentor somebody? I really have no idea. Like, I think Brandon Shanahan's got a pretty big Rolodex. He's been around the league a long time. So I will be, uh, I'll be very interested to see who he goes after. But McPhee's the name that ever since Craig mentioned, I'm like, all right, that'd be interesting to me. But if I have to pick today, I'll say Treleman. Yeah, I mean, another name you threw out there, Bob Gainey. That one threw me off. I, I haven't even thought about him in a long time. I, I hope it happens just for the madness. Maybe at some point he fires Keith and takes over as head coach like he's was known to do at, at other stops in his career. But I don't know. I, I'm very intrigued to see what it's actually going to be when they decide to uh, make the hire. Question number four for you, Gregor. Sad news today. You touched on it earlier. Uh, running back Hall of Famer Jim Brown passing away at the age of 87. In honor of that, in NFL history, who would you have as your top three greatest running backs of all time? Well, I'm still putting Barry Sanders at one for me. Um, I, I thought he was just – he was amazing, honestly. Um, so I, I'm going to put him in. I, I never watched Jim Brown. I, I see all of the uh, the stats. So I'm going to exclude him only because I didn't watch him, right? Um, I would look at – then I might go Walter Payton. And Eric Dickerson. It's a who tough one. Yeah, it's. T- well, I know. I know who you're. I know. <laughs> I, uh, you and you and Struds. My every question, you might as well just say, "Well, which giant or which charge are they going to pick?" So put it. Okay, who are your other two other than Tomlinson? Well, I mean, hey, Lydia and Tomlinson's not a outrageous. Like Struddy would say, Tiki Barber here. I'm not going that far with this one, but uh, of course, I do have LT. Uh, and like you, I'll go with guys I saw, so I, I can make it a little more fair. I'll take Adrian Peterson. Uh, AP was outstanding in his prime, and even when he was older, he still found a way to keep on going. And a guy who's not as high up on the all-time career statistic leader, but I'll go King Henry, uh, Derek Henry. I, mm. I mean, you know what he's going to do. They're going to try to wear you down. Uh, I don't know how he's going to be this upcoming season, but bell cow back, like carried carried the rock. You knew they were going to do it, and he still did it efficiently. Derek Henry, to me, one of the best. There's, there's a lot of guys you can have in that conversation, though. 
Oh, yeah. Like, you know, Adrian Peterson, Marshall Falk, Emmett yeah. Smith. I remember getting a lot of texts in. Uh, you know, Marcus Allen. You know, some are saying, hey, boys, what about uh, Bo Jackson? He didn't do it long enough, but Bo Jackson, when, when he ran, he was pretty good. So, yeah, there, you know what? There's, there's, lots of, uh, there's lots of good options Thank for you. sure. And final question, Gregor, Hypothetical Friday. If you could live in any Disney or Pixar movie, which would you choose? You go ahead. Oh man, I mean, there's there's quite a few you can choose from here, just just for the madness, and uh, I think I'll go Aladdin. You know, uh, <laughs> it'd be cool to to stumble upon a magic carpet and meet a genie, things like that. But go back into the 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 olden, olden, olden days with Aladdin. You know, maybe I'd be like him, wreak some havoc in the the street markets, stealing apples, things like that. I'm going Aladdin. Oh. One of my favorite movies. All right. Huh. It's a good question, man. Um, oh, jeez. What would I, who would I want to live in? Um, like some of the Spider-Man movies are pretty, like, do I get to, like, I got to live there or do I get to be the character? I want to be very I think you're clear. just living in that universe in this one. Oh, I'm just living in the universe. Oh, well, that, that changes things quite a bit. Um, that, well, that definitely uh, removes uh, the Incredibles. <laughs> I'd like to be one of the characters, but I don't think I'd really want to live in there. Zootopia, no. Um, huh. Jeez. Maybe, well, I like the wild, so I'd, I'd like to live in, you know, I'd like to be in the Lion King, right? That's like the real world, right? King of the jungle. It, the question is kind of weird, because if you live in, because I thought that one too, are you an animal? This is an Alberta emergency alert. Be safe out there, everybody. Yes, to wrap up, no, I wouldn't be a human. I'd be one of the animals, hopefully not the antelope. Maybe in one of the pride, maybe be Simba, ideally. We'll see. Got a lot of texts coming in on that. Uh, many of you, uh, cars would be the only correct answer. That's a good one. It's a very good one. Hey, guys, what about Zootopia? Did you see the size of those popsicles from Fat Efron? <laughs> That's a good answer. Let's get to uh, Connor Alley and a Sports Center update coming up by Ryan McLeod, Tom Gazzola in the final hour. Sports Center update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. If you're looking for a lawnmower, a tractor, they got them all in the lovely orange. Great prices, great service, great products. EdmontonKubota.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 